the Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the Synopolis Podcast with Danny Smith. Welcome along to another edition of the St. Albans Film Guide with your friend and mine, the, the, the ever youthful and exuberant Max Hartington. Hello, Max. Thank you, Danny. It's good to be back on a, a lovely day. Is it a lovely day? It, it is a lovely day. Uh, on the day that this podcast released, it might not be, but currently it's feeling like a lovely day. And day of recording, I, it's lovely. Day of recording is lovely, day of release, uh, things can change quickly. Who knows? Anyway, what we do on this here film guide, we look at films that uh, that Max recommends are worth watching on TV, on free-to-air TV, so none of your paid-for channels, but all your free-view channels. Uh, Max uh, collates, he he crawls the uh, the listings, picks out the best movies, and he shares them with us. So we don't have to bother scrolling through. We just have to follow Max's guide. That's all we need. I do the hard work for you. Yeah. Um, there is also... Um, the, uh, the the feature in part three that we like to call uh, Max's Action Films, where Max takes the action to the max. Doesn't work so well, does it, when we do this remotely? I, I, I've just shouted at my laptop. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, alas, we don't. We're not. We're not in the same. We're not in the same county, are we? We're, you're, no, you're I'm, in. I'm, um, which county are you in? I'm over, I'm, over, I'm over here in Durham County currently. You right? The, the... Dur- Dur- Durham's its own county. Is it? Is it not Cumbria? It you know what? It's a good thing this is a, a film podcast and not a uh, <laughs> not a geography podcast. Uh, it's, it's not like it's not like I, I need geography skills to teach uh, anyone important or anything. Like no. Nations Youth. It's uh, oh, oh dear. I I thought it. Oh, I don't know now. I don't know now. I now feel feel silly. Um, I see. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, yeah. Max Max is up in the the delightful Durham. Uh, uh, but but in case anybody's thinking of burgling his home, is Big Alsatian still there? Oh, he's uh, he's he's fearsome. He is. Yeah, and, and you know what? There's not much to steal anyway. So the, but, Durham, but the Big Alsatian is the highlight. <laughs> it's like New York, New York, Max Durham, Durham. Durham. It sounds like an eighties <laughs> band, doesn't it? But no, D- Durham is in Durham County. So nice they named it twice. Yes. Uh, so I, I I will forgive you that. So Durham is both a city and a- see. Every once in a while, broken clocks and all that. County Durham. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Max. So, yeah, we, 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 we have a film from Max's Film Club. Before all that, though, we'll look at some new releases on the streaming services and in the cinema. And where are we starting today? Of course, we're releasing uh, the day that this podcast released, the Friday the 17th of February. We have two releases. The very first is the latest in the Marvel Universe. Uh, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, Quantumania is what this one is called. Uh, this one, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp find themselves exploring the quantum realm, interacting with strange new creatures and embarking on an adventure that pushes them beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. Of course, this is uh, a sequel to, uh, well, this is a, a, the third in the series now, of the Ant-Man, Ant-Man series, which, of course, they started delving into. They started with Ant-Man, of course, is the Marvel superhero. He turns into an ant, really creative naming there. But uh, the I don't know recent... how they come up with that sometimes. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? He's a man, but he also can be an ant sometimes. Um, but this is the third in the series where they started, they moved over to sort of all these different realms and quantum leaps and all sorts of stuff. Uh, so this is the third in the series, which is dealing with uh, sort of them going into alternate universes. Uh, in terms of the cast, returning cast, of course, Paul Rudd is playing uh, the, the Ant-Man himself. He's playing Scott Lang, I believe, who's the sort of, he started off with this whole sort of this criminal who became a superhero. Uh, Evangeline Lilly is returning as the Wasp, who is like you know his partner in crime. Michael Douglas, of course, returning as uh, the uh, Hank Pym, the man who invented the the Ant Man shrinking technology, who I think is fab in these films because he plays the mad scientist really well. Wasn't he like the first Ant Man? 
Isn't that like, the story the, of it? He was the original one, and, and then and yeah. then uh, Paul Rudd's character is the like the, the successor. Yeah, exactly. The, the legacy, the sort of uh, carrying on sort of thing. But uh, I think Michael and Michelle Pfeiffer, of course, who uh, briefly appeared in the second one, who is uh, Hank Pym's estranged wife, who was once in a different spoiler for Ant-Man 2, but Ant-Man 3 is out now. Um, <laughs> she was trapped in another universe and then they went and saved her and now she's back. Uh, and then in terms of joining the cast for the new one, so Catherine Newton is playing Paul Rudd's daughter in this one. And there was a whole thing during Avengers where they did a time jump, didn't they? So I think uh, Paul Rudd's daughter's actors changed like three times now, but she's starring in this one as another 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 Ant-Man. Ant-Men? Okay. What's the um, plural for Ant-Man? Ant-Man's. <laughs> Ant-Men. Ant-Men, of course. And uh, Jonathan yeah. Majors, who's the sort of the big one. So for people still following Marvel, uh, Jonathan Majors is joining because he's playing Kang the Conqueror, who is this big sort of, he, they're sort of setting up as the new big evil round. You know, we had Josh Brolin playing Thanos for a couple of years. So Jonathan Majors is now joining as this big sort of big bad that everyone needs to be scared of. Right. Okay. Uh, Stanley Tucci's in there. Is that right? Or have I made that up? Stanley Tucci in Ant-Man. I've Ooh. actually made that up. It's another bold bloke. They just all look the same, don't they? In fact, is it's that, the director. Is that your dream casting? <laughs> looks, <laughs> As looks, Peyton Reed, the director. Yeah. Uh, yeah Peyton Reed, real, who I believe is... <laughs> bald white guy, so obviously Stanley Tucci, because, you know, they all look like that. Um, Danny, you directing this one. <laughs> um, Bill Murray's in this. Bill Murray, yeah. he's. Uh, I believe he's making a cameo, at least. He's, oh, is that possibly a spoiler? Before, I think. I don't know if he's um, making. I don't think he's making a cameo. I think he turned up very briefly in Ant Man Two, so right. it's, it's not a spoiler that he's already out there in the the Marvel sort of a setting. Okay, but this is uh, this seems to be yeah. It's uh, uh, it seems to be sort of Ant Man's always been the very sort of like light hearted. I mean, Marvel's always been a bit light hearted, but this one seems to be the one that's um, decided to gritty uh, to grit gritty things up sort of thing. You know, that all the trailers have made it seem very. Uh, at man's face in his biggest battle and he's got to face his darkness and it's all a bit uh all a bit grim looking really right okay well um i noticed it's got in it as well an actor who who i had to learn his name for something other once so i always say it whenever i can david dast um who yes. is a face that you might know more than the name but he mm. has somebody who who quite happily jumps around the old superhero franchises with with with, with no care for 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 the fans, does he? Because he's been in the Dark Knight, he was in the Suicide Squad, <laughs> and now he's in the Ant Man movie. See, he's got no loyalties. He'll jump to whichever one is. In. I believe he also did uh, June most recently as well. Yes, yes, he was in. He was in June. With our friend of the podcast, Denny Denny Villeneuve. Right, and he was um, he was a, a recurring villain in MacGyver on the TV. Uh, he was also ah. in the the TV series The Flash. <laughs> so he he's really, really he's really he's jumped around he's a he's he's known as a superhero hussy i think is is possibly a <laughs> and, and and he did the batman um animated a movie the long halloween he played calendar man so he really has done just about every iteration he's, he played of polka dot man in suicide squad didn't he so he really yeah. is playing all of the all of the the fantastic roles calendar man and polka dot man yeah yeah he's got and now I, I think he's 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 part of um the the ant-man gang in this one so yeah that's, uh, I don't know. If that's, that, that's not an official name. They, they can have that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems seems like a good idea. Anyway, that's uh, that's the film Ant Man. What's this one called? Ant Man Three. Quantum Mania. This one. All is. right. Yeah. Quantum Mania. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, if you like those Marvel movies, you're going to like this as well. I mean, there's certain things you know that you can guarantee that will be there. You know, you will have. Um, you know, it'll be it will be well directed. It will have um, good action sequences. It'll have some big stars doing some quite good performances. Yeah. They do get them, don't they? The Marvel what, movies. What I would 
of the cast, I mean, the cast on these are fantastic. What I'd like it to do is, I think Peyton Reed directed the, the first Ant-Man, and Ant-Man 1 was really creative with all the settings. I, if you remember Ant-Man 1, there's the fight scene where you see the big evil fight scene, and there's two two men having a fight in a Thomas the Tank engine that's like going around the living room. <laughs> that was, if if it can, if there could be scenes as well, well put together as those, I, I think it, this would be a good one as well. Am I right in thinking he also directed the second Ant-Man movie? Yes, yeah, he's uh, he's stuck with the series because Ant Man One had that whole controversy where Edgar Wright was initially attached to Ant Man One, and then I think there were I think this 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 was early this was like you know Robert Downey Jr. start of the career days, and then everyone sort of started disagreeing and then all sorts of stuff and Edgar Wright walked away because I think he wanted a grittier Ant Man than the studio wanted, and all sorts of stuff. But it's quite I think it's quite funny that that starts off with Edgar Wright wanting this darker Ant Man. And yet we've looped around however many years later and they say Ant-Man 3, they're selling us, oh, this is a really gritty one. This is a really edgy one. Okay. Well, yeah. Although I'm more, I'm more excited because I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit over the superhero movies by and large now. They've all gone on a bit. <laughs> but I'm very excited by the fact that Michael Keaton keeps popping up in places now as Batman. Have you seen this? <laughs> yeah, he's he's back. Um, he's doing he's back. The, the new Flash, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's in the trailer for that going, I'm Batman. And it's just, you know, all the airs on the back of your neck go up for that. It's brilliant. Um, so all you need is a bit of Michael a, Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton. Just well, I, confirming think, I think they did a great people. job in, in Spider-Man as well. He did a really good job in that as well. So Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't Batman in that. But he wasn't Batman. He did have wings Mike, in that. So Michael Keaton know. is Batman. No. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, after Robert, Robert Pattinson's performance, I'm very... You know, I'm starting uh, the all of the the loyalties I once had to Christian Bale as Batman with his, his gravel voice. That's uh, that sort of changed a little bit. Yeah, but Michael Keaton is Batman. Michael Keaton is Batman. And, and I, I can mean, see that. I'm not. I'm not breaking you out of this. I can see. <laughs> I mean, I love the Dark You're Knight trilogy. I love the Dark Knight trilogy, but Michael Keaton is Batman. He said it. Yeah. He's, he, do you have you seen the clippy of him speaking at a high school graduation thing? And and he's there, and he says, "Oh, and one more thing, kids. If I can just give you any advice in life, it's just two words. I'm Batman." <laughs> and like everyone just goes wild because he's Batman. <gasps> you know, and also like, that must be almost a record that he first played Batman in 1989. You know, he and and he's he's playing Batman still. That must that, be that must be the new. Of, longest returning because i'm trying to think who it was previously well there, certainly there was, it, was think, it toby Maguire coming back for spider-man was well, they yeah, said that, that was the longest that was 2002 return. the first spider-man movie uh, up to the one he was in recently um but but no 1989 you weren't alive in 1989 yeah no it wasn't michael keaton has been batman longer than i've been max well <laughs> in fairness he was batman till 1992 and then he quit um and and then you know and then now he's back as batman but there's a whole Batman movie out there, isn't there? The, was it the Batwoman? Was that the one or the Batgirl or something That's, which they shelved? Oh, yeah, it, it, it got completely made then. They put it away, didn't they? Yeah. That had, um, Brendan Fraser was uh, going to be in that one as well. Right. But but yeah, but he shot all his scenes as Batman and then it's shelved somewhere. Whether that'll ever see the light of day, who knows? But Michael Keaton is going to be in The Flash. I believe he's got another movie coming up where he plays Batman as well. What's the other one he's got coming up where he's playing Batman? Now you're making me think I've made that up. Oh, I'm sure I saw him in like two things where he's playing Batman. He's doing more Batman roles. Uh, maybe I've made oh, that we, up. We are on a record for the most amount, of, the most we've said Batman in the past yeah, well, two minutes that we've ever said it. The rest of this podcast. Well, yeah, well it's because you know it's Michael Michael Keaton who's you know because Michael Keaton he's Batman. He's Batman. He's Batman. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm now I'm now wondering if I indeed made this up. No, he well. 
Well, yes. So, so you're so just manifesting the, this. The Batgirl movie, which looks like it maybe won't ever come to see the light of day, but that one he he's played Batman, and yeah, the Flash he has coming up mm. where he is also Batman. I reckon. Um, I, I think alongside, that, that, that um, film will, will pop ben out Affleck. the bottom one day. So you've got both the best Batman and Ben Affleck um, in the same movie. <laughs> the best Ben Affleck Batman. <laughs> and Affleck, of course, if you prefer. Michelle Pfeiffer as the the Catwoman, the best depiction of the cat of Catwoman yet on there. See, and it all comes back Who to Batman because Michelle Pfeiffer's in that quantum mania. It was a bit of quantum leap just there. Yeah, I knew I could pull it back in the end. Anyway, <laughs> that was uh, that was Ant Man. What's the other film out this week, Max? <laughs> oh yeah, right again. Uh, also releasing uh, uh, Friday the seventeenth, the day this podcast comes out, is uh, Marcel the Shell with shoes on, which is actually a twenty twenty one film originally that's. Uh, re-releasing in the, well, I don't think it ever released in the UK but it's now getting a proper cinematic release in the UK in time for its uh, Oscar nomination for best animated film uh, this is an A24 film that tells the story of uh, it's sort of a uh, faux documentary style film about uh, Marcel a one inch tall shell who lives with his grandmother Connie also a shell uh, they're the only residents of their town after the neighbor's sudden mysterious di- disappearance uh, so the, uh, when discovered by a guest amongst the cluster of his Airbnb, the short film he posts online brings Marcel millions of passionate fans and new hope of reuniting with his long lost family. So this is a sort of, um, it's filmed as a faux documentary, which is trying to unite Marcel the shell with the missing people of the village and all the other shells that they were in a family with and bring them together. Uh, it seems to be really, it's um, it's sort of, it's live action filmed, but with sort of like stop motion animation over the top of it. And apparently it's been in the works for about, I mean, it was in the works for 10 years before it actually came out because they planned out everything. It was uh, directed by Dean Fleischer Camp, uh, but was sort of co-written by Jenny Slate, who is um, the voice of Marcel the Shell in this film. Okay. And uh, Dean, the director himself is playing, he's playing himself as he's the one who's narrating what's going on in the film. Well, it sounds very interesting, doesn't it? Quite a premise. I've heard it, it, I've heard it's very, um, it's a very wholesome film, is how it's been described. Okay, so Marcel the Shell with shoes on—that's not easy to say. Yes. Marcel the Shell with shoes twister. on. She yeah. sells Marcel's shells by the yeah. seashore. See, if Michael Keaton was in that, he wouldn't have been able to make that snappy. Like I'm Batman, <laughs> wouldn't have worked, would it? I'm Marcel, Marcel the Shell, the shoes the on. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he's more from 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 uh, Batman to Grant Mitchell there. I think it was. <laughs> Marcel, Michelle, leave it at. Get out of my pub. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, before we before we get even further afield in in this in this thing we'd laughingly call a show, let's uh, let's let's quickly talk about a new release on uh, Prime Video because we've got one that we're talking about this week that involves an old friend of ours, doesn't it? Of course, an old friend. Uh, of course, releasing on. Uh... Prime Video, uh, let's see, recently on Prime Video, we have Bandit. Uh, that's available also on the 17th, on the Friday. Uh, Bandit is a 2022 film. Uh, this tells the story of, um, it's based on a real life story, but it tells the story of a, a Michigan bank robber uh, who was, uh, <clears throat> I'll start that again, shall I? Uh, this tells the story, Bandit tells the story of a Michigan uh, bank robber who pretty much, uh, after a, a series of robberies, uh, escapes and changes his identity. Uh, he going on a record to rob 59 banks uh, based on a true story of the flying bandit. Uh, the reason why people might think this one's familiar is because it stars none other than Mel Gibson in a role, which is always a bit of a surprise to see Mel Gibson starring in something. Uh, I think it's nowadays. fair to say that he's listed as a- and Mel Gibson. So and as to Mel how Gibson. often he's, he's in the movie is, is, is debatable. He's on he's the poster. A role in this. Yeah. But, um, he's, but he's, he, so he's, he's, he's third listed in the cast. 
Yeah, but he's playing the role of the, he's this sort of uh, this mob boss who enlists the main character, the bank robber himself, played by Josh, Josh Duhamel, who has been making sort of resurgence on Amazon recently. I know he was also in this film, um, Shotgun Wedding, with uh, was it J Lo? Oh, J Lo, yeah, J Lo's one, which is also on uh, Prime Video, I believe, at the moment. So he's clearly good friends with Prime at the moment. But uh, yeah. people might know him from starring. I know him from the Transformers films from the the two thousands, where he played like an army, army chief. And uh, he stars alongside Alicia Cuthbert, uh, also known for being Jack Bauer's daughter. Jack Jack Bauer's daughter in Twenty Four, <laughs> who just seemed to be a magnet for trouble. She just seemed to be able to wind up into all sorts of trouble everywhere she did, went. Wasn't the craziest thing when she went? Didn't she go for like a walk in the park late at night and then a was it a, a jaguar had her cornered or a, a leopard or something it was so it's so ridiculous in <laughs> That's la definitely not the first but, season but it, it, it then you know so then jack barrett had to sort that out as well as you know saving the world in 24 hours but yes she was uh she was just a catastrophe waiting to happen Bless. Trouble trouble just follow her. And it seems like that it hasn't stopped here. Whether that she's still playing Jack Bauer's daughter in this one uh, remains to be seen. Mm. <laughs> Well, anyway, so that's uh, that's that's her um, and and Josh Duhamel and, uh, and Mel Gibson in in this movie that's out on Prime Video called Bandit, which is out on the seventeenth of February. Hi, I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast One to One with Elspeth. Find a local person with a story, and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for The St Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's One to One with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. Uh, we're back now with uh, Max's Action Films, or as he just sung to me. Max's Action Films. That's not what you just did. You went, oh, wait, the Max's Action Films. There we go. <laughs> Yeah. We'll replace that. If we can't you deepen my voice, we can uh I'll get a guitar riff going next time and it'll uh be some fireworks going in the background, which will just add to this. Can only wait. Anyway, uh Max's action films, what we do with that people, each Yeah, yeah, there'll be letters now. That people um, dying for the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what we do with Max's action films is each month uh Max picks a film that he deems to be some kind of like action film classic. It might be one that he's come across before um it might be one that's uh that that's relatively new to us or it could be an old classic but who knows anyway let's find out what this time what the film is of course well this week we are going for a classic here we are going for none other than heat from 1995 this is the michael mann film which tells the story of a group of high-end professional thieves uh sort of touring around the la area uh facing off against the lapd as they rob from all of these banks um it has uh it's just absolutely fantastic. I think a lot of people hopefully have heard of Heat because it is pretty much, it's the heist film, isn't it? It's the one, I think a lot of people think of this one when they think of, you know, the guys wearing, I mean, it's either this or Point Break are the two that people compare. I don't think you can this put is, this in the same category as Point Break. I mean, Point Break was okay, very but but this, is an, the this is an absolute all-time classic movie with some of the greatest it actors of, of, of modern cinema. 
It's got an absolutely stacked cast in this one. I could just go on for ages. You've got, of course, uh, on both, you've got uh, Al Pacino playing uh, Lieutenant Vincent Hanna on one side. He's the one trying to stop all of this. He's uh, he's playing a very unhinged in this role. I think if you remember some of his scenes where he's absolutely shouting at, I think he's showing the detec- the sort of the detective on the edge, isn't he? He's like shouting at people and screaming. And on the other side, of course, we've got the bank roles themselves played. Uh, we've got Robert De Niro, fantastic in this. We've got Val Kilmer doing an amazing job. Uh, John Voice in this one. Just Tom Sizemore, really um, people, uh, actors that people know uh, before this film. So it's all very pre-established people. And then after this film, they've gone on to be renowned as well. Yeah, um, it's I mean, yes, to have De Niro and Pacino and Val Kilmer and John Voight, you know, all all these great actors in there, Um, Amy Brenneman and Ashley Judd, you know, people who in the 90s were were really at the, the the. the peak of their game uh, yeah. just just remarkable uh and and yeah michael michael mann did did such a fine job with this like arguably one of the ultimate heist movies it, it, yeah exactly I, you know what i will if i can if i could have to pick out for the for the max's action films one scene in particular you know it has to be the the shootout they have where they're running down the highway because all the stories about how uh behind the scenes they were shooting with not live ammunition but i think it was all all of the audio for any of the sort of shootouts in this film is all uh live like film using um yeah because m- people may not there. quite realize this but most of the time whenever you hear a gunshot or you hear gunfire in movies it's dubbed in afterwards it, you're not hearing yeah. the sounds from the set often because the guns firing blanks don't make the same kind of noises, but also because in fact, most yeah. of what we hear in a movie or a TV show isn't from the set. It, you know, the, the, it's, it's really, they just about record the dialogue and nothing else. It's, you know, all the other things are added afterwards. You but, see those people on the sound stages who are like, you know, breaking spaghetti and stuff to show people doing Kung Fu moves and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, and that's what, that's what, um, how so much of what we hear. So yeah, with, with that particular shootout, I believe they place microphones everywhere to capture the sound of the weapons to give it a very different feel. And, and boy, did they. Yeah. And it, it just, it just feels like such a genuine packed film and you just, you care so much about all of these characters. And I, I remember the first time I saw this distinctly because I had no idea where it was going to go. It really, you, you're so invested in all of these stories that you, in, in a way, you know, it can only end one way, but you, you don't know. So I really, I wholeheartedly recommend. And you know what I just said about one scene that I recommend, but actually I've just remembered you also got Al Pacino and Robert De Niro facing against each other in that, in, you know, the one cafe scene that I'm talking about. Oh yeah. But he comes comes running around the corner. You know what you're doing. <laughs> That's not, I'm not trying to do a Robert De Niro impression there, but it's, uh, it's good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it is. It's, it's iconic. There was a lot of rumours at the time that, that De Niro and Pacino were not on set at the same time, that they were, were never there uh, because there is only, I think, two shots in the whole Maybe No, I think I read there were three shots in the whole movie where they're both in the same um, frame. Every other shot in the movie, then, because for most of the movie, they're not in the same scenes. And there's, there's, no, no. there's it's... three scenes in the movie where they actually meet together. And within those three scenes, there's only three shots where they're both in the same frame. So a lot of rumours that they weren't on set at the same time. But, uh, but like a classic conspir- film conspiracy there, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I think it was more that there was fueling sort of like, you know, a rivalry between them or, or, or you know, because it was such a big deal when they when they got together to make a movie that people were were sort of 
you know, th- there was lots of stories around about how their egos were such that that you know it had to be managed very carefully. I believe yeah, it was they're, they're all the, nonsense. Uh, they're, they're, they're the Burt Reynolds and Mel Gibson of their generation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe it was largely nonsense. It was just invented, and and that you know they were on set at the same time. They weren't in that many scenes together, so that you know they, they weren't often on set at the same time. But they were for those big scenes. Um, yeah. But uh, I think it builds into that rivalry, doesn't it? They're both the main characters of their own stories. And that's why when these two come to a head, uh, these two, these two some absolutely fantastic uh, film work. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, you know, an absolute bona fide five star classic movie, if ever there were one. That's um, that's See, heat. This is the, you know, so every once in a while on this section, you sometimes uh, you pull a bit of a face when I say that I'm putting film in the Max's action films as if you think is it really worth the time. But I can I can wholeheartedly tell that you approve this time. So I I'm do. Very glad. I actually <laughs> question whether it's an action film because <laughs> it, it, it is an action film. Well, it has action in it. There is no two ways about that. There are some great tense action scenes, but when we, but I always yeah. think when you talk about action movies, I am thinking of your lethal weapons. I'm thinking of your diehards. I'm thinking of your high octane, you know, one 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 set piece after another, you know, yeah. with a little bit of story in between. This isn't that. Well, every once in a while, you can have you can have a, a tense one. Okay. Know? Like like I said about, I think it's a it's a very Michael Mann sort of thing, isn't it? Where Michael Mann does have these really really well put together action scenes, but it's more about the creating the narrative that leads to this or the making sure that you actually care about the stakes that are going in as well. Mm. I, I always think collateral is another one. That I absolutely. Yeah. Another I, great I say collateral is more of, more of an action thriller, but I think it's very much that same. See, thing I wouldn't have said collateral was an action film at all. I would really question you on no. that one. But it's a <laughs> as, very as tense I said thriller. That. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, I, I do he, think it's very much he is the a word bonaf- that goes into it. A bona fide classic. Also, um, uh, for 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 the listener, if you are a fan of Heat, you might want to look out a film called L.A. Takedown, which came out six years earlier, which is also by Michael Mann, and he's the story of Heat. It is it is almost identical, except that that um, it was a TV movie, and and it was made. I think it said. I think I was saying earlier that 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 it, it said something like ten days of pre-production and two weeks of shooting, whereas this movie had about six months of shooting and well, and. and I- I'm looking at the DVD cover right now, and it looks suspiciously uh, a lot like the Heat, the Heat DVD cover as well, with uh, the way people are posed on the front. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same story. And Michael Mann then then took that story. It was a failed TV pilot, so I suspect almost nobody ever saw it. And then Michael Mann went on and made an, an undeniable five star classic movie. Well, aren't, aren't we glad he did? Yeah. So Heat is Max's choice for Max's action films this month. The Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the Sonobles podcast with Danny Smith. Time to take a look at uh, the movies that Max Hartington believes are good enough for us to watch that are on free-to-air TV for the week ahead. We start off with uh, Friday the 17th of February and a return for Mel Gibson, albeit behind the camera on this one. Uh, Great movies, 9pm, Hacksaw Ridge. We really can't get enough mail, can we? Uh, this film is, of course, uh, quite a recent one. This was 2016 that Hacksaw Ridge came out, but it tells the real-life story of uh, the World War II uh, Army medic, American Army medic, uh, Desmond T. Doss, who served in the Battle of Okinawa. And sort of the whole thing behind the story is that he was a medic who refused to kill any man while he was out uh, in battle uh, and received the, Mer- uh, the Medal of Honor despite the situation, uh, or despite the circumstances. Um, so it's, uh, from what everything I've seen, this is one that I 
really want to look into because um, it seems like Mel's done a really good job of just this. I mean, War looks harrowing in this film. It looks absolutely nightmarish every single time. And this was, I think this is during a time where Andrew Garfield sort of had his, I want to say Andrew Garfield had a sort of renaissance where he was making this, making his way back into the film scene. He, of course, is playing uh, Desmond Doss, the the medic who's the, the star of this. I, I mean, I go so far as to like say this is possibly the movie where Andrew Garfield showed he could really act because he did a couple of Spider-Man mm. movies, which were, which were, you he know, reasonably good much, in the box. Well, yeah, uh, you know, but, but they they got him a name. They 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 showed that mm. he was more than just you know just a, an English boy done good. Um, yeah. But uh, but then Hacksaw Ridge really showed his acting chops and showed quite what he can what he can do. Uh, That's what Mill does. He, he takes talent and he strangles. It. Yeah, <laughs> he it's makes, not all he, he does. It, he fits but, it to but, what he wants to make. Yeah, that's not all he does. You know, obviously checkered past, but. When it comes to his filmmaking, he does have a good eye for a, for a movie, and you know he's directed some classics over the years. Mm. Uh, and I think he did. I think he he did a really good. Well, from what I've seen, is a really good. But I think in his choice of Andrew Garfield, because I mean Andrew Garfield from here on went to do Silence to name uh, Under the Silver Lake. He's more and more chances to to showcase say, showcase his range. And I think a lot of people said that he gave his best Spider Man performance in the more, the more recent one he was in as well. I mean, people, yes, were, yes. people were calling for people. Everyone complained about how his amazing Spider-Man films, including me. But then loads of people went online and said they wanted him to come back and do another one, despite everyone hating him <laughs> as Spider-Man a few years earlier. But yeah. he did really good. Um, of course, uh, Sam Worthington, of course, stars in this one of Avatar, and now of Avatar 2 fame. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, uh, you know, he, he really did well, I think, um, Andrew Garfield, to to sort of come through from being, yeah, sp- from being Spider-Man, and then going on to yeah, Hacksaw Ridge, Silence, Breathe, mm. Under the Silver Lake, those movies. The Eyes of Tammy Faye, he was great in that. And I was surprised he didn't get an Oscar nomination for it. But he uh-huh. did get an Oscar nomination for the other movie he did, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. He, yeah, he did. Because he, got, he had uh, two out nominee. the same year. He was nominated in this one as well for an Oscar for uh, Best Performance. So he yeah, clearly he won- started making... But I don't he think win. he won it, did he? No, no. Uh, so he uh, the film itself did actually win uh, Best Achievement in Film Editing. And best achievement in sound mixing. So, but again, that's that's Mel's production studio, isn't it? They're working behind that one. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, the, Andrew Garfield is Mel, a two-time we're, we're on a first nominated. name basis. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure he's grateful. <laughs> he won't cast you in Lethal Weapon Five. You you, you oh, won't try. You won't be Leo Getz's son. I'm telling you now. Um, <laughs> but, but there you go. There's a casting choice. But uh, anyway, uh, so the first film uh, that's on TV for the week that Max has recommended is Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, great movies, 9pm on Friday the 17th of Feb. Let's go to Saturday the 18th, ITV2, 6.50pm, Back to the Future 2. Absolute classic here. I can see you smiling already, but Back to the Future 2 is just... What what a fab one. Like The first Back to the Future film, absolutely fantastic. So they... Again, they just absolutely rolled this one. So in the previous film, we've had Martin McFly has gone back in time and tried to resolve everything with his... Uh, tried to set the timeline right, hasn't he? He's tried to make sure that things, uh, any changes that happen in the past come to the future. And then, of course, we have the absolutely fantastic ending to the first film of uh, Doc Brown, uh, played by Christopher Lloyd, reappearing in the DeLorean and saying, we're going to go to the future, we're going to something up with your kids. And then we go straight to that here with them going to the, the far-flung year that is... Uh, 2015 in this film. Yeah. The fantastic yeah, 2015. Yeah, because at the time that was something like 25 30 years into the future. Um mm. it, yes, and 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 yet now that's actually it was that, was that 8 years ago. 
<laughs> well, well, long past it, and unfortunately, I don't have a hoverboard, and I don't have my self-lacing shoes either. So, no, it is disappointing, isn't it, that they've not really seen that through? You'd think they'd have delivered. Also, in the cinema in in uh, in their 2015 was Jaws 19, directed by Max Spielberg, Steven Spielberg's toddler <laughs> son at, from the 1980s. He's now not a toddler no more. Um, oh. But um, did, so you know, one of the as you mentioned there, Back to the Future. Uh, part two, uh, it, it picks up right where the action left off in mm. the first one. But they did change some of the cast. Um, at least one that I know they changed was his girlfriend. Yes, yeah. Um, they had to, she switched over, so they had to reshoot the scenes, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the actress who played Marty McFly's girlfriend in the second and third movies was Elizabeth Shue, who was the, the um, actor from The Karate Kid. And and of course, she, and she went on to win an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas with um uh with Nick Cage, uh and and then she was more latterly uh, on CSI as one of the crime solving you know s- um, scientists whatever they do. Great uh, history just there. She, I mean, she did a good job in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so she was uh, she was sort of swapped in. Um, but uh, but yeah, she she uh, you know you you sort of forget that because they show you at the beginning of Back to the Future two that same scene again, but they reshot it uh, and uh, and yeah, people don't but, realize. But, do they? Just... but what a great story and 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 great telly uh, storytelling, wasn't it as well? The way that um, you know, so he goes to the future and then he has to go back to 1955 where he's alongside himself from the first movie, you know, and and try not to get in his own way and and it's. It, it's the most fun sort of time travel, isn't it? They do just absolutely roll with this. And Michael J. Fox, I mean, Mike McFly is just such such a brilliant character. And Michael J. Fox just does a brilliant job uh, in this one as well. Tom Wilson as Biff as well. Well, Biff, he's not just Biff, is he? He's Biff in. He's Biff. He's Biff Senior. He's Biff Junior. He's Biff yeah. in another timeline. <laughs> yeah, and, and that everyone was the same has to play with the, with the characters who played the mum and the dad, wasn't it? That they were all, you know, in 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 their features and in their past all playing different characters and michael j fox doesn't he play his own daughter in in the future scene did they drag him up i've got a feeling they did is that really is? I have to, i'll have to remind myself about that i think he plays his own teenage children in the in the in the future scenes um but uh yeah i'm just now looking on on, on the cast list because he he is credited as with playing more than one part hang on where does it say yeah, he played Marty McFly Jr. and Marlene McFly. <laughs> great stuff. But uh, but yes, um, it was, uh, you know, the, the great, great movie. Great trilogy of movies as well. It beautifully ended with the third one. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, so Back to the Future Part 2 is Max's choice for uh, Sunday. The uh, Whatever the day is on Sunday, it's gone off my screen now. Uh, Sunday the 19th, no, Saturday. Oh, sorry, Saturday the 18th. Saturday the 18th of February, ITV2, 6.50pm. Sunday the 19th of February, uh, five star, nine So we need to get to Sunday this week. <laughs> yeah, but not keen for this one. But anyway, there you go. It's your choice, not mine. Kong Skull Island, what a load of old tosh. Five star at 9pm, you have Kong Skull Island. It's the only way that's getting a five star anywhere near its name, I tell you. <laughs> Oh, 
honestly. Um, so I'll tell, I'll tell you about this one before, uh, Danny. It's yeah, it's a load of old crud. Kong Skull Island, uh, this is the 2017 release, uh, tells the story of after the Vietnam War, a team of scientists explores uh, an uncharted island in the Pacific, uh, venturing into the main of the mighty Kong and must fight to escape a primal Eden. Um, I really recommend this film because uh, it's... it's Because you like it's crud. Not it's not for it's not for the uh, for most of the acting. Uh, you've got Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson in this one, uh, and they're awful. Doing their best impersonations, and doing their best awful. impersonations. They are of a plank phoning of it in. They are phoning <laughs> they're, they're it in. They are phoning it in. However, I do think Samuel L. Jackson and John C. Riley are the people you want to see in this film because they I have will, a lot of fun. I will give you John C. Riley, who who was excellent in in an otherwise atrocious movie. There we go. See, I think it's a film that has um low lows but quite enjoyable highs. It was just awful. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson, you're watching them they, thinking, you two have sold your souls. You are no, better than this. But it is every time they're on screen, it does feel like they're just um they're they're reading their lines to just get offset, aren't they? Yeah. But yeah. I do I really enjoy um the sort of it's very stylized. I do really like the some of the work in that. There's one really good scene where they're going through this um this like bamboo patch. And then they reveal partway through that the bamboo patch is actually this giant spider legs that's like stepping over them. And I do think scenes like that mean that it's a very fun film. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so <laughs> I did I find mean... out that um, Jordan Jordan Vol Roberts, the director, um, is also well known for directing some music videos as well. Aside from this, so it does sort of make sense why it's a, a bit style of a substance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now, of course, as well, this is all part of a monster franchise that that uh, whichever studios deposited this uh, legendary um, yeah um that they're making uh, and and it's and it's crossed over with the godzilla movies because we godzilla did we've had godzilla versus kong and i gather that one of the one of the challenges they faced is they felt this is ridiculous but they apparently felt that <laughs> they needed to grow kong because he was kong not was very, too small <laughs> he was too small in the first movie because when he's got a fight with godzilla who's 200 feet tall he'd come up to godzilla's knee so they, or, or, or you know, so they, so they had to sort of in each subsequent movie, they've had to make him bigger, so it was more believable by the time he gets to the size that he is in Godzilla versus Kong. You, you would have loved to have sat in the boardroom meeting where they go, gentlemen, we've got a problem. Uh, Kong is too small. We need to, <laughs> we need to solve this so we can get our big mo- uh, movie monster fight going. I think there is a line in this film where they 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 say something on the lines of, it, it's a it's completely offhand line where someone says, oh, we could get much bigger though, couldn't they? As if they knew they were going to make another uh, another Godzilla versus Kong film not long after this one. Yeah. Um, apparently Samuel L. Jackson said on a talk show that throughout filming, he and his co-stars didn't know just how big Kong was supposed to be. Whenever they asked, they got different answers. Keeps you guessing. It does indeed. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, I do think, I do think it's, if you like a fun monster movie, it's worth a watch. Just, um, don't, don't, uh, tune in for the dramatic performances from anyone apart from John C. Riley and maybe Samuel L. Jackson. I did find online somewhere that there is actually somebody's done a chart of all the different times King Kong's been depicted on screen and what sizes he was from like the really? 1930s one where he's on top of the Empire State Building and 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 swatting away the the uh, the, the the fighter planes flying at him to to the most recent one mm. and and he has got considerably bigger as time has gone on. So I wonder how because. Big- because Godzilla Jackson did the two thousands one, didn't he? I'm yes, I believe. Bit... I believe his one's in the same chart that you can see mm. how big his one was. But the um, the, because 
the fa- there's a very famous image of King Kong on the top of the Empire State Building. Like he's climbed up the side and he's he's hanging onto the top and he's he's classic got, one, yeah, yeah. And and yet, given that in the most recent movie that he was with Godzilla, that they were a similar size, Godzilla would apparently eclipse the Empire State Building. So yeah, because he'd just knock it over, wouldn't he? Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I'm curious. I just want to double check who plays. It was Toby Kebble who plays uh, Kong in this one. Uh, so it's it's not um it's not what's his name, Andy Circus. <laughs> it's not Andy Circus coming I back. I think again, he did it Toby, in the Peter Toby Jackson Kebble. one, if I remember rightly. He he did, yeah, because he played he played a cook in that one as well. He got eaten by a bunch of worms, so he got a really fantastic role. <laughs> anyway, that load of old Tosh is on on Sunday. Sorry, I mean Maxi Shaw on Sunday. That. Yeah, yeah. Five star. <laughs> only way it's getting that. Nine PM on on uh, Sunday the nineteenth. But let's face it, you're a more discerning um, viewer. You ain't going to want to watch that old nonsense. You're going to watch want to watch on the Paramount Network at nine PM. One of the greatest buddy cop movies of the nine of the eighties. And and that isn't a, a lethal weapon movie. It is no Tango and Cash. What a film Tango and Cash is. Um, it's it is just brilliant. You of course you've got a. Uh, both Sly Stallone and um, uh, Kurt Russell starring together as buddy cops forced to take on a uh, <laughs> forced to take on a drug ring, uh, a drug kingpin together, and this is just from I think from the first couple of minutes where you're introducing the characters, you've got Sly Stallone is playing this like uh, straight man cop who plays by the rules, but of course is he wears glasses, he, he wears waistcoats, doesn't he? he he's, he's wearing glasses and a waistcoat. Looks like an accountant. Notice that he's, that he's shown as this absolute um, yeah. <laughs> A brick outhouse of a person. Yeah, when every single scene he's in. So, so he looks like an accountant, and you've you've got Kurt Russell with his mullet and his cowboy boots and cowboy and, boots and a, and a wife beater. Is, yeah, his, his outfit of choice. Yeah, uh, I think Kurt. Uh, so what you've got, um, Sly Stallone's character is, is introduced by he's chasing down a truck and he blows up a truck full of drugs. Uh, Kurt Russell uh, fires a gun out of his boot, and if that doesn't sell you uh, on the foot, how great the first ten minutes of the film are, you're wrong. <laughs> Isn't that the movie where somebody shouts out at Sylvester Stallone's character? He, he thinks he's Rambo, and then he goes, "Rambo's a pussy." <laughs> is it that one? I, think, I don't know if it's this one. I have to. <laughs> I hope I think, it is. I think it. I think it might. I can't remember now. I think there's there is a Stallone movie that where that is said, um, uh, and yeah, I'm trying. I'll, I will try and find that now. But I hope, but I hope it's, it's this one. it's got it's got a very early. Um, Appearance from Terry Hatcher, who went on to be mm. Lois Lane and Desperate Housewives and all that sort of stuff. And she's in there she as was James Bond as well. Oh yeah, of course. Yes. Tomorrow never dies. Um, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, wasn't but yeah, it? Yeah. Everything. Ooh. Yeah. Tango Sorry, and Cash. Um, yeah. It was Tango and Cash where, where Stallone says Rambo's a pussy. <laughs> See, at this point he's, he's Strong enough in the uh, Rambo, strong enough in the zeitgeist that we could start make, like reflecting on and making fun of him. Because <laughs> also, wasn't there a thing where now was it Stallone that in one of his Terminator movies he's urinating in a in an alleyway? Well, Arnie, you're a, thinking of? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Arnie, and he's urinating in an alleyway up against the poster of Stallone. He's not urinating on the poster, but he's urinating, <gasps> but he's and near, the poster's just, there, just near enough to say, yeah, uh, yeah. That's, I, I, that one is less clear to me, but no, certainly Tango and Cash is the one with the line "Rambo's a pussy" from Stallone, and 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 there was also was it there's a car chase, isn't there? And 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 I think one of them, either Tango or Cash, shouts to the other one, "Who taught you how to drive?" And he goes, "Stevie Wonder." Um, 
<laughs> it's just so much fun, and I, I, there's a there's a prison escape in the middle. There's there's truck tr- truck chases. Uh, there seems to be. Uh, remember, there's a scene where they need to sneak. Uh, Kurt Russell needs to sneak out of um, <laughs> out of a strip club. I think and they decide to dress him up as a woman. <laughs> it's it's a great. <laughs> but of fun course, movie. he's got these. <laughs> and why they've never so much made fun. a sequel? But you know, never say never. I, I will hold on. I will no. hold on hope that this gets the, the sequel it deserves. Tango and Cash 2. That, that, that's what we want to see. Anyway, that's on Paramount Network, 9pm. That's the only film worth watching on Sunday, believe me. Let's move then no, to Wednesday. It depends Wednesday. on your choices. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Let's move to Wednesday, 22nd of Feb, 10.55pm, film four, Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, this, of course, is the film that tells the story of a Mumbai teenager uh, reflecting on his life after being accused of cheating on the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Uh, this was, I mean, this film, uh, I really think, did the rounds for how popular it was around, what, 2008 when it was coming out. Lots of Oscar and, like, awards nominations. Uh, Dev Patel, of course, uh, I think this is his first, like, major role where lots of people knew about Dev Patel, who's now gone on to be a much more common name. Uh, but, of course, directed by Danny Boyle as well. Yeah, yeah, and and, and yeah. you know, and what a what an inspirational story. Um, I quite like the music. There was was it Jay Ho? Was that the big old tune from yeah, it? That, that was that was the song that everyone uh, everyone knew for a while. Yeah. Which then the Pussycat Dolls did, didn't they? They they, yeah, they did it where they sort of possible. talked. Well, yeah, but they made the video look better. Um, <laughs> you know, good old Nicole <laughs> shirt singer. Got to be careful how you say that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Change the podcast rating there. <laughs> no, I said shirt. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So, Slumdog Millionaire, Danny Boyle's uh, great film. Feel very, very much feel good movie as well. I think you know the really, yeah. It really is. It feels like an epic. Like it's a whole, it's a whole journey. But it's I think delivered in this whole sort of um, it wants to be a millionaire style. Yeah, narrative stuff. It's yeah. really interesting. Great movie indeed. That's Slumdog Millionaire. Film 4, 10.55pm, Wednesday the 22nd of February. We finish with a film I have never heard of on the Thursday the 23rd of February. Film 4, 11.55pm, Honey Boy. So Honey Boy, is, it's one that I'm actually, I'm putting on this list because it's one that I need to watch. And it had a lot of sort of buzz recently. Uh, Honey Boy uh, released in 2019, but it told the story, the supposedly true story of um, Sheila Booth. Uh, everyone's sort of a... Uh, Everyone's Hollywood actor, not a, not everyone's favorite. You might know him as playing, potentially playing a, what, what was meant to be the spiritual successor to Indiana Jones in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull until he's mysteriously not appeared in any of the marketing for the new one. Can't think why. But uh, Honey Boy supposedly tells... Because <laughs> he's not going to be in it. Because <laughs> he ain't going to make that he's mistake had, twice. No, he's had a few controversies in Hollywood, isn't he? But So Honey Boy was sort of uh, his directorial debut, debut, where he was meant to be telling the... Oh, oh, sorry, not directed. I got that no, wrong. He wrote, he wrote the story. He did not direct. It was Almar Harrell who directed. But he, Sheila Booth stars as supposedly as his own dad in this film. Um, so it tells the story of a young actor, like a young childhood actor who is basically brought to Hollywood and career uh, guided by his dad through getting roles and how to be a child star. Uh, he is Sheila Booth playing the role of his own dad, supposedly, where he plays uh, an ex-circus clown who decides to uh, teach his son how to be an actor. Uh, the reason why I, th- I thought the film was quite interesting, because while it was exploring this sort of all of the trauma that supposedly comes with being a child star, um, Sheila Booth actually came out in, in the summer of last year and said, apologised to his dad publicly because he made up a lot of the stuff that was supposedly in this true story about his childhood. <laughs> 
So I think it's it would be interesting to see a, a documented uh, approach of how Sheila Booth uh, dramatizes his own childhood. But maybe it's just because I really liked him in Even Stevens as a kid, which was the Disney Channel show he did. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're really selling it to me, aren't you? There, but, uh, but, but, but I think it, it they're not all it for seems me, are they? like. No, they're not all for you, but I think I really recommend this to people because it seems like it's going to be a very sort of a bizarre look into an actor's life. And if you want this sort of this strange, dramatized look at Hollywood, I think there'll be one to watch. Okay, that that's uh, that's Honey Boy. Uh, it does sound quite interesting. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's Max's choice for Thursday, the twenty third of February, film for eleven fifty five p.m. Max, which of those movies do not say Kong Skull Island? Which of those movies is your film of the week? <laughs> Which one? If, if people it. could only watch one, which one? If you could only be? watch one, you get um, a free choice enough, on this. It's, it's it's on at nine pm on Sunday. However, it is Tango and Cash is my choice for the film that you should go and watch because it is just you will enjoy every second of it. And it's a nice, it's a nice Sunday night watch. If you've not or seen any, any time you watch it, if you can only watch one of those, go with Tango and Cash. That's what Max Tango is and Cash, best film of the week. Good choice. Max, thank you very much. Uh, You'll be back doing the film guide again real soon. Uh, Up next week uh, with the film guide, it will be the turn of Samantha Rolfe. I hope you can join us for that one. Take care. Say bye, Max. Bye, Max. Every time. (laughs) 